You're listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Good morning, Real Life on the Palouse. How are we doing? Good, good. Adam, thanks for the uh, nice introduction. It's a uh, honor and a privilege to be asked to do this, and um, I I hope that what God has put on my heart is impactful for you today. So Tammy and I left uh, Moscow about 18 months ago, and it's so nice to come back and see so many familiar faces. So hello to all of you that are here, and hello to all of you online. Um, You know, I'm so happy for what's going on down here uh, on the Palouse. Um, You guys are so lucky to have Josh and Carrie and um, Adam and Kathy uh, they have such huge hearts and are doing such a good job, and it's so cool to see what God's doing down here. So several months back, Josh had asked me if I would speak, um, and I uh, reluctantly said yes, and uh, he said that the series is going to be unstuck, and there's going to be survival, success, and significance. And he said, would you take survival, and would you have an emphasis on time relationships, and money. And I said yes. And so here we go. When, uh, when you think of survival, what do you think of? When I think of survival, I think of a lot of different things. It can mean many things to many people. It can be related to your health, It can be related to physical abuse. It can be related to mental abuse. It could be addictions. It could be just fitting in. It could be children today as it relates to social media or school, how important it is. It can be adults trying to fit in and just be accepted. I think survival can be um, financial stress. It can be work, it can be schoolwork, it can be relationships. All those things, I think, impact all of us. And a lot of times, it's not just one thing, it can be all of them together. And a lot of times, they do, they're intertwined. Um, Sometimes we've lost somebody in our life, and we're struggling with that as well. So, um, when I think of the Bible... I think of several uh, stories that come up as it relates to survival. And uh, the one that I think of the most is I think of Job, the book of Job. Job um, was an individual that had done well from the outside looking in. And it's basically a story of an individual that went from riches to rags and back to riches. And I would encourage each and every one of you to read that, especially when you're struggling and understanding that God put that in the Bible as an illustration of sometimes that's what we go through. Um, When I was preparing for this talk, um, for this sermon, I thought it'd be good to research what does survival mean? And survival is the state or fact of continuing to live or exist, typically in spite of an accident, an ordeal, or difficult circumstances. 
Let me read the first part of that. The state or fact of continuing to live or exist. I'm guessing most of us, I know I have, have felt that in my life. And it brings me back to a story that happened almost 10 years ago uh, for me where Aaron Couch, who used to be the lead pastor here, and I had the privilege of going up into Hell's Canyon together. There was a group of us that had gone up there and we were camping. And it was late one evening. We were sitting around a fire. Everybody had gone to bed except for Aaron and I. I'm fairly new in my faith or, or immature in my faith at that point. And I thought, you know, I'm going to ask Aaron a question. I'm going to ask a question that's been on my mind. And I said, Aaron, when, when I hear God has a plan for me, does that mean that God's going to know that I'm going to unscrew this cap and take a sip of this water right now? Is he planning on me doing his plan a second sip? Does he plan when I blink my eyes? And if you know Aaron, he laughed. And he said, no. He said, uh, here's my analogy of God's plan for everybody. And I thought this was so good. He said, Paul, he goes, we're sitting in a valley right now. He goes, a river valley. And that river valley is kind of in the shape of a V. He said, do you know what a glaciated valley is? That's where a glacier has gone through the valley and made it more into a U shape. He said, I think God... When we're born, we're built at one end of the valley, and when we die, we die at the other end of the valley. And there's a lot of room in between for us to go about. And he said, there's all kinds of dangers in there, but most of the dangers exist on the walls as we start making our own path, because God's plan is to take us from point A to point B. And there's an easy way, and there's some hard ways. And the hard ways typically involve uh, snow fields and ice fields and cliffs and all kinds of things. And it's interesting for me, as my faith has grown, I've came up with almost my own analogy that I'm tagging onto Aaron's, and that is we're born at point A in the valley, and we have four things. And every one of us has the same four things. Each one of us was was born with these. One is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the guy that created us. The second one is we're all born with a backpack. It doesn't matter how old we are. We have a backpack. The third thing is we're born with a survival guide, is we're trying to survive from point A all the way to point B. And the last thing is, is we're born with Satan. Satan's in our lives. It started in the Garden of Eden. And each one of us has Satan in our lives. And the thing about Satan is, is as I put two pictures up there, he comes in all shapes and sizes. And what's fascinating is he's, he's smart and he's strategic. And he has a plan. He's a liar. And he'll put a mask on to try to deceive us, to try to make us think that he's our friend. And as I have been navigating myself through life, I have found myself looking at this definition a lot, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's not a good good thing, and I'm guilty of it. 
And it makes me think of several stories that have happened in my life. And there's a handful of them here. I'm not going to go through all of them. But I'm going to share a story that starts back when I was in my early 30s. I was married, had two kids, nice home, a business, financially. Everything seemed to be, from the outside looking in, seemed to be really good. And it was from the outside looking in. But on the inside, I was struggling. There was a point in my life that I didn't have God really present in my life. I didn't have a small group. I wasn't necessarily going to church. And I was struggling. And when I start thinking back of the struggles that I had, it's interesting. I was going, well, I was managing a business and I was in my early 30s and didn't have a lot of experience. And it was hard. Managing people is hard. I was over my head in a lot of places in my life. Money? Yeah, we were making money, but like everybody, it seems like we were living beyond our means. And that's stressful. From a relationship standpoint, Tammy and I had gone from two individuals having all the time in the world to now having two kids and a business and all these things going on. And I wanted to impress people and be busy. It made it challenging in our, in our relationship. And I, I felt like I wasn't taking care of my health. I wasn't eating really well. I wasn't exercising. And I actually came down with a condition called Crohn's disease at that point. And I remember how much of a struggle it felt like at that point in my life. And I was driving back from Spokane one day, and I started crying. I was by myself, and I was driving, and I was out by the town of Oaksdale on a straightaway. And I started crying, and all of a sudden, it just started flooding. And the tears were coming down, and I remember going, this isn't safe. So I slowed down, and eventually I came to a stop right in the middle of the road. And I put the car, or the truck that I had, in park. And I got out, and I went, I can't do this anymore. I'm carrying the weight, the weight of the world on my shoulders. I remember getting down on my knees and just saying, God, if you're out there, would you help me? Would you help me? And something really special happened because as I said that, it was interesting because I felt as though I had the weight of the world on me and God lifted this gigantic rock that was weighting me down. And I was able to stand up, and it felt so good just at that moment. And I started pursuing my faith. And as I was doing that, it was interesting. There were more rocks that came out of my backpack. And then I went and saw a counselor, and I started kind of working through some things. And the counselor helped me pull some more rocks out of my backpack and some more. And what I'd realized was that when my backpack was full and heavy, 
I was exhausted. I was fatigued. And if you've been fatigued or tired or exhausted, what happens is, is that you, you end up, unfortunately, taking out on people that are closest to you. And not even realizing it, I was taking rocks out of my backpack and trying to shift them to other people, weighting them down. And that wasn't good for anybody. It wasn't good for anybody. As I spent time with this counselor moving on, I started talking more about things in my backpack, and we kept unloading more rocks. And I... um, I realized that there was a really heavy rock in my backpack that I'd been carrying around a long time. And it came all the way back from my childhood. And my mom, at the age of 31, when I was in grade school, came down with cancer. And I didn't know much about cancer at the age of 10. Unfortunately, that cancer helped lead to a divorce of my parents. And as a 10-year-old, I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want that in my life. So instead of dealing with it, I just let that pain and suffering go into my backpack. I felt shame. I just wanted to fit in. And I just threw that in there. And I'm sure many of you have these types of things that are in your backpacks that are a real struggle. So as I was preparing for this, it made me really think that a lot of times we are just flat out in the middle of the forest and we can't see the forest as all we can see is the trees that are around us. And it is hard. And what do you do? Well, God gave us at the beginning the survival guide, right? We all have the survival guide. I mean, you can get it for free in most places. Just go to a church. They'll give you one. And as we read through the survival guide, in Ephesians, one of the books, it talks about where these rocks and where this pain and suffering and fear and shame comes from. And let me just read this to you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Just read that first part again. It is not against flesh and blood. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. What's in our backpacks originates from Satan. It's not from other people. It may get there in your backpack from other people, but it originated with Satan. In John, 
John 8, it says, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. When I think about my stories, what I think about is, is I go back to when I was a child. I didn't want to deal with the pain, the shame. So I would lie and say I'm okay. And then I started believing those lies. Where did those lies come from? It came from Satan. That's where they originated. Then as, a, as an adult, we're going through struggle and we've, we've taught ourselves to lie. And the worst thing is we lie to ourselves that we're okay and that we're not okay. We need help. And there's a survival guide to help us. Ultimately, we're all kids and we just want to fit in. And we have these heavy backpacks and life's hard. It's supposed to be hard. And as I was preparing for this and you start thinking about time, relationships, and money, they're all interconnected. When we're struggling, they're all connected. They, I mean, without a doubt. I know this this series that you guys are going to go through, Unstuck, is going to have some emphasis on financial uh, implications. And when I um, was thinking about that, um, I have an illustration here I'm going to go through in a minute. But what I want you to look at is, is I want you to go through our survival guide and understand what do we do to get out of this stuck feeling that we're in. And in Matthew, Matthew 7, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream, streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You've got to have good habits. You've got to be disciplined. The survival guide shows us what we need to do. We just have a tendency to throw the survival guide in the backpack and not look at it. And then all of a sudden, we get stuck, so we have to pull the survival guide back out. At least that's the way I've done it. It's not necessarily the right way, but I've done it. Having a 30-year career now in the financial world, there's an illustration here that I just I want to point out as you guys are going through this series. There's two circles up here. There's circle A and there's circle B. Circle A is what I would say most people fall into. What happens is, is they earn a paycheck of some kind and they spend it and that's what that squiggly line represents. And at the end of the month or the end of the year or the end of the quarter, wherever it is, they do their best to try to save something. It's like their conscious kicks in and they just squeak something out usually. And circle B is typically one of our clients that we sat down and developed a plan and established a very thought out plan. And the dotted line at the top 
there is representing tithing. The next part is saving and putting saving at the top of your list and having a plan and being, say, I'm going to adopt this plan, I'm going to be disciplined, and I'm going to build, build savings into what I do because it's God's money. He wants me to be prudent with it, right? Well, then we can spend as much as we want. And when I contrast circle A and circle B not related to money, what I'd say is, is that families in circle B have stronger marriages, the kids are doing better. There's less stress. And if you feel like you're stuck as it relates to finances, have somebody help you develop a plan. And what we do in our world is basically help people move that line in between the two circles. We move from circle A to circle B. That's what we try to do. And if you're not doing it, what happens is this guy comes along and he'll lead you astray and get you to spend money or do something in your life that will ultimately lie to you. And it's, it's frustrating. It's exhausting. The weight of the backpack is heavy. I've been there. I've been there too many times. And as I've developed my faith and I've I've read more and more. I've found one of my favorite books, and it's Proverbs. And when I think of Proverbs, I have a number of, of scriptures here that I just want to read to you. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver? Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Everyone, this is God's plan for you. I know it. And it's interesting, if you've ever been to a place like this, it takes work. It takes effort to get to a place like this. But it's interesting, if your backpack's full, it's that much harder. It's a beautiful, beautiful path that he's created for us. And you've got to use the survival guide. You need to... You need to surround yourself with good people. You need to surround yourself with basically what he's told you to do. And it's fascinating, this picture is available for each and every one of us. Now, I have a challenge for all of you. The challenge is, what do you need to unpack out of your backpack so that you're not as exhausted? What habits do you need to create and have people help you with them so that you can enjoy the journey that God's created for you? Now, I was with uh, Jim Putman up in Post Falls um, a couple weeks ago, and he shared a song with me. Um, and here in a minute, Lily McKeldry is going to come up and solo it, and you guys are in for a huge treat. I want you to pay attention to the lyrics. I want to leave you with this 
this uh, thing here that I've read in my Bible recently, and it's from Romans, and it's when the Apostle Paul was speaking to the Romans, and this is a summary of what he was saying in Romans. Paul explains what it means to live in complete submission to Christ, use spiritual gifts to serve others, genuinely love others, and be good citizens. Freedom must be guided by love as we build each other up in in the faith, being sensitive and helpful to those who are weak. Paul stresses unity, especially between the Gentiles and the Jews. The survival guide shows us how to do it. We don't have to live in as much stress and feel like we're in survival mode as much as as we think we are. I would love to pray and just bless all of you. So bow your heads. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to get together and just worship you. Lord, thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for pursuing us even when we don't pursue you. We thank you for the plan you have for our lives. I ask you to engage, Lord, with those that don't have a relationship with you. I also ask you to engage with those that do have a relationship with you, Lord. We all have heavy backpacks and we need help unpacking them. Lord, thank you for allowing us to learn and I ask you to continue to bless real life on the Palouse. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.